yo, 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 yo. Welcome, 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 welcome to the first episode of Trapping Tuesdays. God damn it. We got to clap it up, man. We got to clap it up. We got to clap it up. Listen, this is truly, truly a monumental moment for the culture, for the community, but for me. A year ago, we stopped doing Trapping Tuesdays, and I'm going to just keep it real, man. I truly felt unfulfilled. I knew that I had a role to play on the whole financial revolution. I knew my role. I knew my part. But we're all great leaders. Sometimes we try to do too much. So I am thrilled to have each and every one of you join me today on this journey on a journey to create one of the most impactful shows our culture and community will ever see. We will go beyond breaking down the markets. We will penetrate the miseducation around finances and investing. We will give birth to that new 1%. We understand that freedom isn't given to anyone. But without the right information, those who do obtain it, they can lose it. And there are no refunds. There is nothing like being insufficient on your freedom account. Welcome to Trapping Tuesdays. Hey, man. I know we're going to print some money. I know we're going to print some money. So here's what I want you to do. Let's tap into our first segment. We're not even going to play no games, right? This first segment is called Word on the Street. So the reason why we call this Word on the Street is simply because we know one thing. All news and information hit the streets first. I mean, I know about things that happened before it even hit the news, right? Like when I was in prison, I remember me hearing about things before people on the street heard about it. So Word on the Street is about us getting in low and then us making adjustments as needed. So let's just get straight into it, man. First, man, the Dow Jones is down today 0.18%. So we know who that is. That's your Caterpillars. You know, that's your John Deere's. That's mostly industrials, in case you don't know. But 0.18% isn't really anything for you to feel like you got to panic about. Just be cool, be calm, be collected. The S&P 500 is down 0.42%. Now, again, we know these the big 500, right? We know that the S&P just in tech alone makes up 32% of the S&P 500. Now, what I want you to understand is this, and we're going to talk about this a little later. If you are heavy in technology, then anytime tech falls, your portfolio will fall. But we're not panicking. The one thing we're not going to do is panic. The NASDAQ is down 
15%. Now that's a whole percent, right? That's a whole percent. Why do we understand that? What do we know about the NASDAQ, right? That is technology. That is technology. So if your portfolio right now is heavy technology, you see in a little red. Let me out. Listen. <laughs> it's not a time to panic. It's not the time to panic, man. Don't be like Trey. Ride to the wheels fall off, man. Ride it till the wheels fall off. I want you to understand my purpose and my goal is to help you learn how to pick great companies, how to do the analysis so when things get real, you don't got to leave. Does that make sense to everybody? All right, cool. So look, let's dig a little further, right? So I like to get into a segment of my show called The Biggest Winners and The Biggest Losers because we got to understand like what's going on, who's moving where, and how we should move. So today, one of the biggest losers was a company by the name of Car Gurus. You know the company where you Google if you want to buy a car, right? You know, if you want to buy a car and you look up Kelly's Blue Book, well, Car Gurus is the one that tells you this car is overpriced. This car is underpriced. Well, they ain't selling no god doggone cars right now. I guess people are not searching. No cause. You know why? Here's why. Oh, I'm broke, baby. Another money? Bullshit. Oh, I see it shining, nigga. I can smell a motherfucker with money. You need a job. You got money. <laughs> this should never give me this goddamn sounder board. They should have never let me play with this. Because I'm going to just, I'm going to go crazy with that, right? So check it, right? So a big winner, a big winner was QLYS. Now, shout to my brother, 19 Keys, because he heard me talk about this company a while back, and he said, Trap, I see you talking about this company. I need to know what it is. Well, today the company surged almost 12%, right? And it looks good in our portfolio. Matter of fact, this segment of our show, 100%, is sponsored by Crown Society. You know how that get down, guards in the building. You know what I'm saying? High frequency business. If you don't know, you need to check out that high level conversation with me and 19 Keys. It's gonna change your life. Shout out to my guy, shout out to my brother. We just went crazy this weekend at Invest Fest. That was, if you missed it, then you played yourself. All right, let's tap into something else, man. Let's go a little deeper, right, into another, like just a little second. We're gonna move over because uh, we did it, Joe had. A little something to say on TV today, right? So Joe signed a $53 billion CHIP Act today to rebuild the semiconductor industry in America. And over the next five years, he's going to help produce these chips here. Now, why is this important? Why is this so important? It's important because 71% of all chips get made in Taiwan. Now, here's what I'm thinking, right? Like Taiwan Semiconductor is under pressure by China. Big pressure. Like real big pressure. 
you know, because they want their independence. They're like, you know what? We don't want to be a part of what you got going on over there. The thing about that is they crying to America for help, which is cool. I ain't got nothing to do with them people's business. But what I do want you to know is this. If all the ships are made in another country, then that means you, America, are at a disadvantage. Now, I'm not going to say that I agree with 98% of the things that Orange Man says. In case you don't know who Orange Man is, that is Donald Trump. Right? I don't agree with 98% of the things that he says. But one of the things that he said that I agree with was, America, if you don't build your own infrastructure over here, then you're going to look weak. And if you look weak, in the streets we said, if you're weak, you beat. He put pressure on Apple. He put pressure on a lot of other companies. Everybody looked at him like he was crazy because they didn't want to pay higher wages because it does cost. Well, now they don't got no choice. But they say even a broken clock is wrong twice a day and even a dog, however that little saying go, it is what it is. But a company like Qualcomm that I actually own, right? It is already committed to 4.2 billion dollars to build a chip manufacturer in New York. I should have had a from New York. I should have had that button right here. That would have went perfect. Damn. All right, right. But also, Micron, another chip company, right, will invest 40 billion in a memory chip manufacturer, which can help the U.S. Watch this. Watch this. Can help the U.S. go from being two percent of the chip supply to 10%. That's, that's, that's pretty big. But, you know, I like to go deeper. I like to do something called root cause analysis, right? So I like to go a little bit uh, deeper than the surface. So I found out about this thing called FABs, right? They're, they're chip manufacturers that are in America, right? They're in Arizona, Ohio, New Mexico, in Oregon. Now in 1990, these chip, these fab companies made up 37% of the chips being made. I want you to sit on that for a second. They went from 37% to 12%. That is a drought. So we got some work to do. So we think about companies like AMD, think about companies like uh, Qualcomm, think about companies like NVIDIA, right? You think about the SMHs, the Intels, but don't worry about Intel because AMD is actually like taking over their trap. See, that's another button I need to have. I need to have, walk in your trap and take over your trap. I need that, okay? Cue that in my head. All right, bet. So AMD is actually taking market share from Intel, but I do believe, I do believe that we should be investing in chips. Let's go to the next segment, man, I like it. Hey, listen, right quick, man, I want you to like this, subscribe to this, and I want you to tell somebody about what we got going on over here, because your Tuesdays will not be the same. Now, I got some interesting news today, right? Paris Hilton, why is she on my show? Well, 
She did something. So one of the things I like to pay attention to is, like, what's going on in front of me, right? I always say that the most money is made in the future, right? So if you can see it, and if you're bold enough to invest in it, then you can quadruple your net worth. The difference is it doesn't happen overnight. So Paris Hilton expands her territory in the metaverse. So she already had property on Roblox where she currently, I think it's called Paris World. She currently has more traffic in Paris World than Times Square. She's selling merch, she's selling NFTs, shout out to 19 Keys, he's even telling us this. She's into Web3, right? She's now taking her show on the road. She's now opened up another spot in open sea to do the exact same thing. Now, some people gonna say, man, a metaverse fake. Well, she's already amassed over $2 million in earned income from the metaverse. Now, I don't know about you, but $2 million, I don't care how much money you got, $2 million ain't nothing to sleep on, on some digital money. So that's telling me that kids, she's making wearable clothes, she's giving them a whole experience over there. So what I like to say is, the Hiltons are Hiltoning. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. The Hiltons are Hiltoning. God. <laughs> hey, that's some gangster stuff, Trap. I don't know where I get this stuff from. All right, moving on, right? So we tap into earnings season. We talk about what earnings season is. This is the time in the market where every company has to tell us if they trap jumping or if they trap is shut down. Some people selling procaine. We'll talk about them tonight too. Some people got that work. Some people got to find a new plug. Either way it go, they got to tell us what they got going on. So first up today, after earnings, I mean, after the bell, Coinbase reported earnings. All right, so first, Kathy Woods sold a lot of it. So we knew that was happening. She just kind of been. I don't want to speak on Kathy too much because I feel like when you talk about somebody like Kathy, like people attack you. But I told people a while back, like, you can't be the Sam, they're, they're, Sam Bowie shows up in every category of the world. If you don't know who Sam Bowie is, go do your homework. It's the man that Cleveland picked before Michael Jordan. I bet they still kicking himself in the butt behind that. That's the biggest bust in NBA, NBA history. Call it what you want, right? So we, so, so, so we gonna, we gonna do this. We're gonna flush Sam down the toilet, you hear me? So, check it out, man. <laughs> hey, they should have never gave me this. I'm going crazy on you, I promise. I will not stop. All right, so Coinbase revenue declined 64%. 64%, that's big. 
It already cut jobs by 18% and it took a $1 billion loss. Let's dig a little deeper. So we got to dig a little bit deeper, right? You know me. Like, I can't just give you surface level news. Like, I need you to feel and understand, like, what's going on over here, right? So they wrote a letter to their shareholders, which is cool, which happens, describing to them that their $1 billion crypto portfolio is now worth $428 million. We had to, like, like sometimes, like sometimes you gotta just let the toilet flush all the way through. Cause that's your thing. You gotta let the toilet flush like all the way through, right? Like one day you sitting up with a billion dollars in crypto, you feeling good, right? Like you looking at everybody like, little boy. Right, you remember like when Brian dunked on Jason Terry and he just looked at it? Like you looking at everybody like that with a billion dollars in your crypto account. And then you gotta write to people like, hey yo, we just got like 428 million. You did. So we gonna flush that, they selling procane, y'all. But here's what it is. So, so I dug a little deeper. Like I dug a little deeper because I wanted to see like what was going on. Like I like to focus on the true business component, not just like a stock, right? So here's what we realized. 31% of their revenue comes from Bitcoin transactions. 21% of their revenue comes from Ethereum. So just those two alone make up 52% of the company's revenue. And that's not good. Now, what I will say is, if they can find a way to expand their business model, they may be all right. But if you cannot find a way to expand the business model, they may be in trouble. Now, here's what I will say. Crypto is so amazing, but it's one of those things, if it's down, down. But if it's up, if it's up, if it's up, if it's up, you're going to talk greasy because it go up like crazy. Just understand that when you're making any investment, you 100% must be prepared to rock with the ups and the downs, right? So I'm not going to truly, like, say Coinbase is trash, but they're in a heap of trouble. And they got to change some things around. If they don't, somebody may acquire them or they'll go bankrupt. Either or, I don't really care. 
right, moving on, man. Let's go. Let's go a little further. How y'all feeling? Right? I hope, I hope like y'all understand what's going on right now. Right? Like trapping Tuesday will 100% change the game for us. Right? Like trapping Tuesday will 100% take over your Tuesday. Like your Tuesday will never be the same after this. Right? It would never be the same after this. All right, so let's dig a little further, man. Right? Got a couple of more companies I want to talk about before we get into the meat and potatoes. This is just the first segment, y'all. All right, so let's talk about Robinhood. Right? Total revenue increased by 6%, which is probably the only good thing we're going to say about Robinhood after this. Transactions decreased by 7%. Options activity and transactions decreased by 7%. Crypto activity and transition decreased by 7%. Company cash flow operations decreased by 12%. And active users decreased by 1.9 million. Mm -mm. So here's the thing about Robinhood. 100% Robinhood put a lot of pressure on a lot of your big companies. The TD Ameritrades, the Charles Swabs. Like, they put pressure on them. They're 100% the reason right now why you get free trading. Right? That's pressure. That was evolution. Right? So I 100% give them credit for evolution. I 100% give them credit for making the big dogs make their platforms user-friendly. I 100% give them credit for that. But here's what happens. When you pull the hood up, you realize that Robinhood wasn't free. It was really an app to promote Options trading because they got paid off what's called the spread, right? And what happens is, it's that thing where you say, if something looks too good to be true, it almost isn't true. Well, that was the case. So, what happens is, they didn't promote buy and hold. All the information they gave to new investors was to trade. What happens when a bunch of people who are new to the game get access to a machine that's so high caliber but you give it to them in a video game format? They'll play with it like it's a video game. So for everybody you see on Instagram that's killing it on Robinhood, know that there's another 200 people that's getting killed. Understand that. Right? Investing in this market is 100% a beautiful game. But it should be taken serious. It should not be played with. You should not gamble. And you should always do your due diligence. Robinhood lacks so many tools to help you. The tools that they lack 
actually hurt you. But what happens is, when you get people who are interested in playing this game, and they don't truly have the things necessary to help them understand the game, they do the best they can with what they have. And I will tell you this. If you luck up and hit a home run, every time you get at bat, you're going to swing for the fences. And unlike Babe Ruth, when you striking out with your money, you back out the game real fast. So Robin Hood retired a lot of people. I'm not saying the business is going out of business. But man, people need to educate themselves. I 100% believe that people should learn how to buy and hold first before they learn how to do anything. And Robinhood just isn't a brand or a business that's for you. Let's go on, man. Moving forward, man. I ain't going to stay on too long. I ain't going to be the dead horse. All right. So right now we're about to get into something. I like we talk about Roblox, right? We talked about Paris Hilton, right? My daughter owns Roblox. She got 100 shares for her birthday because that's what she wanted, right? Shares did slide after saying they lost $176 million. Now, the daily users is up to $52.2 million. Yo, 52 million people is playing Roblox. That is bizarre. That is crazy. So that is up 21%. So that means they have user growth. Here's what I want you to understand when you're looking at a company, write, write this down. When you're looking at a company that is counting subscribers, the one thing you actually want to see increase is subscribers. Does that make sense? Right? Okay, let's think about it again. So when you look at Netflix, right, the reason why the stock slid so far down was because they lost 200,000 subscribers and then they lost a million subscribers, right? So when you lose a million subscribers, investors got to ask themselves, how do you get those subscribers back? You probably can't. Now, let's look at Roblox. So they told us, why did they lose $176 million? Well, they said the active bookings wasn't going up. So people playing, but they're just not spending money right now. And that's okay. We understand what's going on, right? But the users are up. So I'm not going to really flush them down the toilet. We're going to put them... Like they just chilling right now. Because when people get usable money, they gonna use it. So it's right now it's like the kid saying, Mama, I need some Roblox dollars. And she's saying, we ain't got no money for that. Right? But when things get back going how they need to go, when mama and daddy want to get you out of their face, <laughs> yeah, go get the Roblox dollars. I don't care. And you stay in Roblox. Right? So when people get a little more disposable money, I think in my heart that Roblox will definitely increase. Remember, 
The Hiltons are Hiltony. The Hiltons are Hiltony. I actually own some metaverse land. I wonder if I could get in Roblox. All right, so it's so, so, so a conversation for something else. All right, moving on, man. Let's go forward, man. Listen, man, how y'all feeling? Like this, man. Subscribe this. I thank y'all for being with us tonight. We're going to keep moving forward, right? So one of the things I want to say is like, what these investors want from a trapper. So I thought about something, right? We talked about tech being 32% of the S&P 500. I want you to ask yourself this question. Even though we understand tech is where we're going, right? We understand that as technology progresses, we progress. Right? We understand that we're moving to the technology age. There ain't nothing we can do about it. But I want you to ask yourself, where do you want to be at in tech? As an investor, you need to understand exactly where you want to be at. Do you want to be in AI? Do you want to be in the cloud? Do you want to be in chips? Do you want to be in machine learning? Do you want to be in fintech? Do you want to be in medtech? Right? Like, understand where you want to be at in cloud because you're in tech because you don't have to be all over tech. Right? I want us to hold that hard and I want us to put that to our heart. Right? Where are you in tech? I think you should be in tech, but I don't think you need to be all over tech. Let's go, man. Let's move on. Let's move forward. How y'all feeling? Right? Is we trapping? Is we trapping? Right? Wall Street looks like us now. You already know. So listen, man. This segment is called the 1-800-Trapper Hotline. This segment is brought to you by none other than Trapper Apparel, Inc. Listen, if you're really true about building wealth, whether it's in stocks, whether it's in real estate, whether it's in crypto, whether it's in Web3, whatever you want to do, if you're really serious about building wealth, you 100% need to have your Trapper attire on. This is the uniform, right? So go to trapperapparelinc.com, get your merch. I need to see you with it. I need you to tag me with it. Shout out to everybody that was in Investors this week. I see y'all. I see the posts. I see the tags. Wall Street looks like us now. First caller, what up? What's up, Jeff? What's happening? Jeff, yeah, first question is, how do you determine a good company to invest in? I know a lot of people truly, 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 truly struggle with that. So, one thing I will say is we will no longer use this Term. I need everybody listening to this. I need everybody watching this to say this. I will no longer make an investment of saying this. That company ain't going nowhere for a while. I want you to never say that again. So one of the things we can use to find a great business to invest in is ask ourselves, do they have growing earnings and do they have Growing free cash flow. Those two things will help you out a lot. Why? 
because the earnings are growing. That is telling us that not only is the business operations growing, but some of the activities that the company are doing outside of the business is growing. And if they have free cash flow that's growing, that's telling us that the company is making good earnings on the operational cash flow and it's growing. Great question, man. Next caller, what up? What's going on, Trent? What's good? What's Not good? What's good? I had a question for you. How do you, Wall Street Trap, define a dip in the market? Hmm. How do I, the Wall Street Trapper, define a dip in the market? It's a great question. So, what happens is, technically, every time the market declines, that is a dip. But, as a Wall Street trapper, right? There's a difference between being an investor and a certified Wall Street trapper. <laughs> so, for me, right, this is a what would trap do moment, right? I actually consider a dip for me um, as a time where I can get a, a company that I love at a discount price, right? Now, technically, every time the market pulls back, that is a dip. And so you get this ideology that buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip. But what happens when you buy the dip and it keep dip, keep on dipping and you ain't got no more chips to dip? Hold up. <laughs> What happens when the market keep on dipping and you ain't got no more chips to dip? Now you just sitting there looking. You done ran out of chips in your bag. You done. Ain't no more Doritos. Ain't no more Tostitos. You out here. You don't got nothing. Nah, you mad at everybody else. You telling everybody else that they made a bad investment because you ain't got no more chips. But if you follow the trapper method, what we like to do is we like to find companies what the value is on the business. Once we find out what the value is of the business, now what we can do is set price points on where we buy our dip with our chip. <laughs> it's all about printing money over here. It's all about printing money over here, man. We don't follow everybody else, man. We leaders. My brother, 19 Keys, told me something. It was profound. It was the reason why you see this crown's hat sitting right here. Because he told me something that was profound. One thing about me is I'm going to take some profound information and I'm going to sit on it. He said, this is the only trap in America that can set you free. Let's just, let's everybody just take a moment and sit on that Negro spiritual. Take a moment and sit on that Negro spiritual. Shout out to my brother, 19 Keys. All right, man. Do we got somebody else on the line? Hey, Hey. So my question is, should I invest in mutual stocks or individual stocks? Mm, that is a beautiful question. Shout out for that queen. Listen, I am 100% an equal opportunity investor, right? 
Here's the thing. Everybody asks the trap, how do I get on here to ask my questions? I'm gonna tell you right now. You gotta be in Trappers Anonymous. That's who probably gonna sponsor the next segment. I'm just getting you ahead of time. You wanna ask Trap the questions? You gotta be a part of Trappers Anonymous, or you gotta be in charge of Trap Masters. I know who that is. That is my friend Khadija. She is in Trappers Anonymous and Trap Masters. Shout out to her. Alright, so check it. I am personally not a fan of the mutual fund. I am not a fan of the mutual fund. Here's why. Mutual funds consist of a whole bunch of trash a lot of times, right? And then they got a whole bunch of fees a lot of times. And then you, as the investor, got to pay for all those fees every time they moving around stuff inside a mutual fund, right? So what I want you to do is, I want to ask this question. Can you, can you take in the research to learn how to invest in individuals? Now, check this out. If you don't have what it takes to truly invest in the individuals, then there are index funds and there's ETFs. Those are better options than actually investing in a mutual fund. So the reason why I use the trappers and the reason why I use the trap masters that they can ask their questions here is because part of the privilege of being in my community is that you work directly with me. So we take your questions, we get opportunity to ask for those questions live. Whatever the question may be. So shout out to the Travers, man. Let's go, man. What's our next segment, man? What we got, man? How y'all feeling, man? Make sure you like. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure that you tell somebody to tell somebody, man. All right. So this next segment is brought to you by none other than Travers Anonymous. Listen, Travers Anonymous is a dope community of like-minded investors who are on a journey to learn how to well, it doesn't matter what level you on. It doesn't matter where you are on your investment journey. We got something for you. Monday, we do something called Monday Madness. It's when I go live with you inside the group. Tuesday, we do something called Ticker Symbol Tuesday. What happens on this day is I personally find a great company. I give you some dynamics to the company, but I help you so you can go research the company. Why do I do that? Because a lot of investors have a hard time finding businesses. Wednesday, we have something called Wild Out Wendy's. What do we do on that day? On that day, as a group, as a collective, the lieutenants come together and help the trappers break down a company that they love. Thursday, we have something called ETF Thursday. On ETF Thursday, we give you an ETF that you can look into, that you can like, that may be suitable for you. ETFs help take off some of the risk for those who aren't willing or able to invest in individuals. Friday, we have what's called Drip Friday. Drip don't stand for my clothes, but it stands for Dividend Reinvestment Plan. On Drip Fridays, we break down a great dividend company that we reinvest the dividends in, and those dividends can pay us for a long time. Saturday, we have what's called Study the Great Saturday. 
If y'all know Trap, if y'all know me, I personally love studying the ones that came before me. On Saturdays, what we do is we study those investors and then we take on some of their philosophies that we can use for ourselves. And then on Sundays, we have the world famous live from the kitchen. On Sundays, we get together as a group, four or five trappers, they break down companies, they give presentations on the companies, and then we ask them questions. That's not counting the book club, that's not counting the one masterclass a month. So if you want to take your investment journey to the next level, come join Trappers Anonymous. Let's go, man. This segment is called Certified Trapper of the Week. Listen, I like to highlight a great investor. When I highlight that investor, I like to tell you a little bit about it, right? So this week we are highlighting this amazing black man by the name of Reginald Lewis, right? He's one of the wealthiest black men in America in the 1980s. He had a net worth of a billion dollars. He became a force to be reckoned with and was heavy, heavy in the private equity markets. He started with what was called Beatrice Foods International, in which he purchased for $225 million after renaming it TLC Holdings. He owned brands like Tropicana, Avis Rental Car, and a few other brands. He graduated from Harvard Law School, where he purchased his first business for $22 million. He turned that 22 into 90. Reginald Lewis is our certified trapper of the week. He once said, I never talked about a deal until it was done. Shout out to Reginald Lewis, man. Let's go, man. How we feeling, y'all? Make sure you like it. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you tell somebody out about it. Let's go, man. So in this segment, we call this segment Learning the lingo. Learning the lingo. So this week's learning the lingo is all about a word called tariffs, right? So tariffs are taxes that are imposed by one country on goods and service to another country for their imported goods. Now, you may be like, trap, I don't understand what you just said. Well, think about it like this. You in your hood, I'm in my hood. You want to come to my hood and hustle and sell something. Nothing illegal. You just want to sell some shots out the trunk. You might want to sell your mixtapes. You might want to sell your body oils. I tell you, in order to sell that over here, you got to pay me draft. You got to pay draft. If you don't want to pay draft, you can't hustle over here. That, my friend, is terrorist. You got to pay draft to come hustle in my hood. If you don't want to pay draft, you can't hustle in my hood. Or you can just throw the wall. All of that happens. Or you can tell me, well, in order to hustle in my hood, if you want me to pay that draft, then you got to pay draft to sell something in my hood. And then we can nullify each other. So that is 100% learning the lingo.
All right, man, let's move on to the next segment. Let me know how y'all feeling tonight, man. Let me know if you're loving what's going on. Let me know if you're feeling the vibe, if you're feeling the energy. Let me know how you feel about our first episode of Trapping Tuesdays. Let's go, man. Our next segment is called Trapper Fix My Portfolio. Caller, what up? What's happening? First and foremost, let's congratulate you for having and bringing a new boy to the world, young king in the making. Let's let's let's. Let's clap for that, man. Let's clap for that, man. Anytime you bring a new seed in this world and your first start is opening up a custodial account, you, my brother, you, king, are truly going to change the dynamic of your family. You, king, are truly giving birth to the new 1%. So what I would say is, depending on your level of experience, the first thing I would do is just buy some solid companies. Buy a company like Apple, buy a company like Microsoft, buy a company like Amazon, something like that. Why? Because Apple makes up like 7% of uh, the S&P 500. The earnings make up 4%. You know, Apple is a strong company. They got $179 billion in cash. Why not? Right? The growth isn't crazy, but still has growth. Or you can go with ETFs because you know they're going to print money regardless. You know they're going to move. Or you can get index funds and just be safe until you truly get comfortable, truly get comfortable with learning how to invest. Great question, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. The most important thing about this question is you opened up a custodial account. If you don't know what a custodial account is, I personally love it. I opened up one for my daughter when she was one years old and we have been investing for her for six years years at this point. The goal is to make sure that she is a millionaire by the time she's 18. One of the things I love about this is once you create the habit, then you start having a conversation in your family. And then once you start having a conversation in your family, it becomes the norm. Once you create the habit, and then once the conversation becomes the norm, you have now changed the dynamics of your family. You, my brother, are the financial revolutionary of your family. And I just want to give you a round of applause for that. <laughs> Do we got another call on the line? What up? Hey, Jack. Hey. So, how are you? Quick question. Well, my question is, why is a bad sheet important? Ah, good old fundamental analysis. So, as your boy Wall Street Trapper, y'all know that I am not a technical analysis person. I am 100% a fundamentalist. Now, I use technicals as a guide sometimes, but I'm 100%. I am strong in the fundamentals. Why? Because I don't look at stocks as something that goes up and down. 
I like to say that I own and buy businesses. Why? Because whether the stock is going up or down, the balance sheet tells me how good that business is doing. And the one thing I know about investing is a company with a strong balance sheet never has to worry about going bankrupt. And if the company never has to worry about going bankrupt, then it can print money for me for a long time. And that's my goal. My goal is about helping you find great companies. So the balance sheet is important because the balance sheet tells me how strong the company is with its core product. It tells me how strong a company is with investing operations. It tells me how strong the company is with assets and liabilities. Shout out to Ernie Leisure. Matter of fact, shout out to InvestFest because that thing was popping this week. 14,000 people was in a building and it was a game changer for the culture. But yes, Queen, the balance sheet is 100% important. You should not, from a fundamental component, you should not invest in a company that has bad fundamentals, a bad balance sheet. Now, you ask yourself, well, Trap, what is, a, what is a strong balance sheet? Well, think about this. A company that has more assets than liabilities. A company that has more money than debt. If you can figure that out, if you can, if you can use that as the catalyst to your fundamental investing, you have 100% Set yourself apart from everybody else. Now, there's a whole lot of other things that go into that, but that is 100% where you should be. All right, man, let's go to this next segment, man. Make sure you like it. Make sure you subscribe what we got going on. Tell somebody about the channel. Let's build this network up. The Wall Street Look Like Us Not Network is 100% dedicated to you. And that is what this next segment is all about. Called Breaking Down the Brick. Breaking down a brick is me using my investment knowledge to highlight a company that I think is pretty darn good. Right? It's pretty darn good. So the company that we're going to break down this week is Adobe. The Photoshop King. You know when them people be tricking you on Instagram? It's the Photoshop king. So, Adobe provides content creation and digital marketing and advertising software. The business has three segments. Digital content creation, digital marketing, and publishing. The company has a strong balance sheet, a strong moat, and great management. What I love about the company is they have little to no debt. Now, it is up maybe 199% over the last five years. 
But over the last one year, it is down 32%. Now, as an investor, you got to ask yourself sometimes, this ain't my year. Also, if the company is down 32% in a year, if you understood the value on it, maybe at a discount. Maybe at a discount. Investing is a game of returns. I have a statement that I always love to say. A great company at a bad price isn't a great investment. Say that again. A great company at a bad price isn't a good investment. So what that means, Trap, if you buy a good company, but you're buying it at the 52-week high, you bought it at a bad price. Why? Because you're now waiting for it to fall. It has to fall. We got to stop putting in our mind that all stocks that do is go up. There are cycles and there are ways that we must follow. All right, man. Moving forward, man. Let's get into our next segment, man. Yo, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it real. This is probably my favorite segment. We call this segment the well track. We call this segment the wealth track. The wealth track for me is important because I am 100% a music lover. I love music. Music can be the soundtrack to our lives. Music can tell us so many stories. It can tell us so much about an artist. It can tell us so much about a person. What I've learned over time is that hip-hop, rap, has taken on a bad light. It has taken on a light that shows exploitation of men and women, it glorifies drugs, it glorifies violence, it glorifies and miseducates a lot of people. Right? Gone are the days with the KRS-1s, the Rockems, uh, you know, my brother D1. People like this get highlighted. Public enemy number one. Like, ask yourself this question. After Don't Believe the Hype, after uh, 911 is a joke, do we think public enemy just ran out of raps? Like, do we think Queen Latifah, do we think KRS-One, do we think Talib Kweli, do we think Dead Prez, do we think these people just ran out of raps? Most deaf, common, do we think that these people just ran out of raps? They didn't. They didn't. But what happened was there was more money to be made with violence. There was more money to be made than telling us how to kill each other. Now, 
I myself am a person who comes from the struggle, and I myself have also been a part of it. But there comes a point where you realize there must be balance in everything. So, in finding that balance, I, on this show, the Wall Street Looks Like Us Now Network, trapping Tuesdays, we will 100% level the triple beam. We will level the triple beam. So this week, on the well track, we're going to highlight none other than the queen herself, Beyonce. She has a lyric where she says, give me my check. Put some respect on my check. Pay me in equity. Watch me reverse my debt. <laughs> I like that. Let's say it again. Let's say it again. She says, give me my check. Put some respect on my check. Pay me in equity. Watch me reverse out of debt. Ooh. Here's why I like that. First and foremost, she said, give me my check. Like, like, I know who I am. I know who I am. Pay me my word. Matter of fact, don't try to lowball me. Put some respect on my check. Right? That's, that's walking in a room like, don't play with me. You know who I am. You called me for a reason. Put some respect on my check. Matter of fact, Pay me in equity. That is how you put the most respect on my check. Pay me in equity. And then she says something that is so, like those last two bars, watch me reverse out of debt. In that moment, she said, ownership is key. In that moment, she told us, Ownership is key. So not only are we going to talk about the bee, the queen, we're going to talk about how she made supposedly $300 million instead of getting a check from Uber, she told him give her equity. And that equity, when Uber IPO was supposedly worth $300 million. Shout out to the queen. We salute you. We respect you for putting us on that. So I'm going to say it one more time. Give me my check. Put some respect on my check. Pay me in equity and watch me reverse out of debt. Shout out to the queen B for that, man. Let's go, man. How y'all feeling? Do me a favor, man. I want you to like, subscribe, and tell somebody about this. Your Tuesdays would never be the same after this. All right. This segment right here is called Wise Words from the OG. This is when I come to you and I talk to you from the heart. After the information, after the entertainment, I like to just have a heart-to-heart -heart with my people. 
Because if I teach you how to make money and I don't help you transform your mindset, then I did nothing but made you a rich slave. So my goal with Trapping Tuesdays is to actually not only make you aware, but to help you heal that financial trauma. To help you see money differently. Most importantly, to help you adopt new philosophies. The biggest difference between the poor and the wealthy isn't just the money. The wealth gap isn't as big as it is. That disparity, that inequality, that injustice of wealth isn't the way it is just because of money. It goes a little deeper. It's because of money habits, and it's because of lack of information. So there has to be a culture created around obtaining wealth. We have to do more than save. We have to do more than invest. And we have to do more than earn. Habits must be developed. Environments must be reconstructed. And new philosophies must be adapted. The vision for financial freedom, the vision from that scarcity around money, the freedom of being able to make adequate financial decisions must be clear. That vision must be clear. Let us adopt a new mantra. One that champions us. The one who has more money working for them than he or she who makes the most money. We said it again so you can understand that. Like, let us champion. Let us adopt a new mantra. Let us adopt a new money script. A script that champions the one who has the most money working for them instead of a champion who works for the most money. One of the most important decisions you will ever make in your life that immediately has compound effect on you, but not just you, but on your bloodline and the people that come after you, that generation that you will never see, that decision is what you do with every dollar you make. Some say the stock market is a place where the poor cannot thrive. Because they say you need a lot of money to be great. Well, I say if you give enough bricks and you give enough time to a homeless person, they can build a mansion. Because with the right tools and the right amount of time, I can do whatever I set my mind to 
and I can truly transition into wealth. There are too many injustices that come with being poor in America. Say it again. There are too many injustices that come with being poor in America. And I'm not saying that money fixes every problem. But I know it gives you two things. Money can allow you to be heard. And money can help you create attention. And those two things can cause change. For those who have amassed this large tolerance for mediocrity, it may be suitable for you to accept defeat, poverty. That may be suitable for you. But there is a large community of us from far and wide who are willing to pioneer, who are willing to sacrifice, who are willing to trailblaze our way to wealth. We are dedicated to what it takes to turn our last names into assets and give birth to that new 1%. To give birth to the opportunities that our families can be a part of. The consequences to building wealth will forever be a lifetime of freedom. For those people, for those Trapping Tuesdays is your home base. And I will see you each and every Tuesday to check in. Wall Street looks like us now.